This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Now, lockdown and being stuck at home has made us completely change how we exercise, how we keep active. I want to help you out with that, and uh, not just me. I've got an absolute UK British TV legend to help us out as well. Um, he, he's written a book about why animals could help you keep fit and how they're inspiring you to do that. It's called Move Like a Lion. Uh, Radzi Chinyangana's with us. Radzi, how are you? Dan, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very, very well. Um, but I'm feeling, you know, a little bit restless, like I need to keep active. So with that in mind, in your, in your mind, which animal moves most impressively? That's a great question. Uh, probably the octopus. Because, I mean, the octopus has, it's an amazing creature. It has essentially eight mini brains that operate its legs independently. So imagine you're tying your shoelaces with one hand. You could be typing something, an email with your other hand, and you wouldn't be thinking about doing both of them at the same time. You'd have a brain that individually thinks about the task. And sometimes your legs would work in conjunction with each other together at the same time. So I'd say the octopus. Now, without taking you too far down this octopus road, if they've got eight mini brains, yes. how are they all kind of figuring out at the same time that they need to move together to get to one place? That's a good question. So it's, there's actually eight mini brains, but then one extra brain that acts like a big brain, like a CPU, like a, a computer processing unit. So that's like the big boss that organizes all of its eight minions to say, you, mister, you've got to go and tie Razzie's shoelaces. But you, madam, you've got to go and type Razzie's email. Now, I wish I had eight people that would do that. But unfortunately, I don't. I've just got my two hands. It's another beautiful example of some of evolution being wasted, I think. (laughs) This incredible (laughs) bit of science, you know, nine brains pretty much. And it's kind of like a a, a bottom-dwelling sea monster. Uh, That is amazing and very, very impressive you could look at it as an enormous opportunity because this is, this is a, a creature that can fit through tunnels or tubes the size of a two pence piece. So it might be big, it might be almost larger than our heads just with its head, but it can squash itself down into that. And they've even been known to bring down enormous ships. There have been documents that have been written. Mean, I've got to be honest, Dan, I wasn't expecting to talk about the history of the octopus, but I'm well up to this, I'm enjoying it. Well, lastly, on the history of the octopus, because they are truly terrifying <laughs> creatures. And we've, we've slightly mentioned this on the show before. I think we've disproved it. But I don't know if you saw a news article a year or so ago where some experts think that octopuses come from outer space and they arrived here in water that was frozen on a meteorite. What? I love that. Out of interest, what's the plural of octopus? Is it octopuses? Is it octopi? I don't know. It's, it's not octopi. I think I read recently that that's been disproven. It might be octopodi. That is a great factoid right there. Octopodi. I mean, it's, it might not be right, but if you fancy it being a factoid, you can take it. Um, listen, so with that, if the octopus moves most impressively, yes. in your mind, having written a book about why we should move like animals, which yes. creature, uh, you can't say the sloth, which creature moves most boringly? I would say... Maybe the the marlin, perhaps. Now, the marlin is one of the fastest fish on planet Earth. But in terms of 
how it moves, it's a lot of bending and flexing. So it's very strong. It's unbelievably aerodynamic. Its eyesight has to be, we talked about brains, its brains have to be attuned to take in information that much quicker. So it is incredible as all animals are, but in terms purely based on its movement, I'd say bending and flexing would be pretty dull. Yeah, pretty, pretty boring. Listen, there are so many different ways in how different animals move and you have made a book about them to help inspire us to keep active. When was the first idea that the idea for this book came into your mind, Radzi? I remember growing up, I went to seven different schools and so I was often used to being the new kid. And I knew that once I got to the end of break time, it would be okay because your first break time, you're gonna choose football teams as we did. And I'm going to be chosen last because nobody knows if I'm any good or if I'm absolutely rubbish. And so I knew that I wouldn't be too bad. And so therefore, being good at sport kind of gave me value. It gave me a currency. It meant, oh, Radzi's the guy who's actually pretty good at this. So for me, I associated with sport with something that's good for me. But it wasn't until I worked on Blue Peter and went to so many different schools, I realized actually that isn't the same experience for everyone. And so I then approached a charity called the Youth Sport Trust, and they're all about getting young people active. And I said, I'd love to make something that would inspire young people to move more. And what we spoke about was, well, why don't we think about people not only that love sport already, but perhaps those that maybe think, hmm, it's not for me. I get a bit embarrassed when I do sport. I'm not very good at it. It makes my makeup run. It makes me get all sweaty. Um, and perhaps I'm not built for a particular sporting question so i thought right so i want to find something that's not competitive and that is totally inclusive and makes me feel welcome it makes you feel good when you do it and so i thought mm, well my mum has taught yoga for over 40 years i thought i'd love something like that but that 10 year old radzi would think that is awesome and i thought well it's either animals or superheroes surely and then i looked at animals and thought how many animals move so uniquely and actually superheroes pretty much two legs two arms for the most part so i thought let's definitely do animals and so the idea over the last three years has slowly evolved to use the word that you mentioned about octopus or octopodi um earlier and and it, it turned into something this year when i thought i'm gonna do it and then lockdown happened and all of a sudden it's found a real use because I think lots of people want to do stuff now. They want to move a little bit more. They don't necessarily know what they should do because they can't necessarily play with their friends in the same way. So that's where the idea came from. Now, moving, if you're not used to it, if you're not that active, if you aren't like you were going into these new schools, knowing that you could prove yourself on the pitch to help you out, um, it can be a bit of a slog. Getting started can be a real bit of a struggle. So aside from heart rate, and getting yes. your breath right. Um, what else are the, are the positives for someone starting on a, on a journey of, of being active? How does it make us more focused? How does it impact our concentration, Radzi? Okay, I'm going to start with the boring stuff. So yes. when we exercise, it's been proven to make us feel better. How does that happen? With the release of a thing called endorphins. So endorphins is how our body responds to suddenly moving. Because basically our bodies are going, I'm relaxed, I'm doing nothing. So I don't need to send any messages to my body to say everything's okay. But if I suddenly start moving, my oxygen levels change, my heart rate changes. And therefore my body's gonna need to use different types of energies to thrive. Because traditionally, if you suddenly run, when we were say cavemen, 
it's probably because you're in a dangerous situation. So our bodies have learned to give us messages to say, it's okay, you can keep on going. But that's a cheat code basically, because now it means that when we move, we feel really good. And that's been proven to help concentration levels in the classroom. So that's the boring part of it. But for me, this book is, the reason I am very proud of this book, it's in three parts, it's like a sandwich. We've got the two pieces of bread, we've got the one piece which is the wake up routine, which is basically stretching, getting your body ready for the day. We've got the other piece of bread, which is the settling down routine, which is where one for each day of the week to imagine you being in a really unique environment, like the forest or a mountainous area. What would you see? What would you hear? To allow us to relax. But the filling is all the different animals that you can move like. And it doesn't mean you're doing 552 press-ups. It means simply, in some cases, you might stand on one leg and move like a flamingo because that's what they do. They just stand on one leg. So some of the movements are really actually not challenging at all. One is literally rolling on your back like a dog, a dog roll. Why? Because it's fun to roll on your back, especially when you're going downhill. So those might be much easier ones, but then there are more challenging ones as well. And the aim is not to change how you look, but to change how you feel. And actually getting off your sofa and moving your arms for maybe 10 seconds could be enough to make you feel a little bit better. So actually, Dan, the whole thing is, I didn't want people to think, I don't fancy sweating. I don't fancy putting my PE kit on. I fancy just sitting here or even standing up on one leg is one of those moves. You're talking about uh, why we run to get away from cavemen and evolution. Running is one of the things that put us humans right at the top of the food chain because other creatures would overheat. They wouldn't be able to breathe brilliantly and they'd get worn out. Whereas us humans, we could run, we could chase, we could go all day and eventually we'd get our supper. Um, now, you mentioned a few of the, 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 the way animals move and how we can do that. What about some of the more challenging ones, Radzi? Uh, how can we move like animals that maybe is a little bit tricky? Practice. Now, in this book, I've, what, so it was actually a real challenge for me because I want you to imagine that you're looking at an animal. So you then got to imagine, how could I as a human try to move like that? So that was my first challenge for this book. Second challenge, I have an amazing illustrator called Francesca Rosa, and she was going to help to bring my book to life, my ideas to life. So then... I had to communicate to Francesca how I would, as a human move, to move like an animal. And then she had to interpret that and in her mind, imagine what that would look like and then draw that. And so we went back and forth and said, oh, do you mind adding this? Or do you mind taking away that? And I, I could not believe how good a job she did. And so for me, there was a lot of me going, hmm, a scorpion. Okay, so a scorpion's got a tail. We don't have tails but I wonder if I could pretend that one of my legs were a tail. Mm, okay. And I would get on my hands and knees and try and move like it. And I'd write it down. I'd say, mm, I'm not happy about that. I think I need to change that slightly. And so another element of this is imagination. So of course we're limited in that we have one head, two, two arms, two legs, if we're lucky enough to have those. And many animals don't have that. So we're making an adaptation. We're using our imagination. But if you find your own way of doing it, even better please take a picture and send it in to me because I'd love to see that. There's loads more animals that you can be inspired to move like in the brand new book. It's Move Like a Lion by Radzi Chinyangana. It's out right now from DK. Radzi, do you want to, enter, do you want to end this interview on a really boring thing? <laughs> Go on, I love boring stuff then. You remember I said it's octopodi? <laughs> yes. It's not octopodi. Do you want to know what the plural of octopus is? This isn't boring. I really want to know. 
According to the Oxford Dictionary, the plural of octopus is octopuses. Ah, that's a bit disappointing. I know. Occasionally still octopodes, which is a little bit better, but octopi is incorrect. Thank you. You see, that, I'm going to be honest here. So we're not ending on a boring thing at all, because actually, when I was young, I used to think lots of things in school were boring, but that was only because I was told what part of it I had to learn. And it's not until becoming an adult, I think, I really like history. I really like politics. I really like science. Just think that you have got your own podcast because of a subject like science, which when you're at school, you think, I don't want to do my science homework. I don't want to do my biology homework. I don't want to do my physics homework. But you're able to speak to so many people throughout the country because of a passion that could have started in school. I think it's awesome. Amazing. And look, if I see you on BBC One, BBC Two soon, and you use the word octopuses, I know where you found it. (laughs) Rads. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for joining us mate thank you buddy so that was a podcast from the children's radio station fun kids listen on dab digital radio across the uk or online at funkidslive.com